welcome to The Dream Show. I'm Jane Theresa Anderson and this is episode 257-257 on what is actually a very cold Tasmanian morning, 8 degrees C. I know a lot of you listening don't talk about degrees C, it's degrees F and I can't do that quick calculation in my mind at the moment, but very cold, kind of icy, snowy kind of feeling. And I mention this because our guest today, Kendra, with a dream for us to interpret, is also from Tasmania, not in the same room. (laughs) She's about two hours drive north of me. She lives in Coles Bay on the east coast of Tasmania. So... As those of you who have listened to The Dream Show before know, the format is that when we have a guest on the show, the guest brings a dream, and I know nothing about the dream until the moment we press the record button. We set up the appointment, we set up the time, we set up the technicalities, but you hear the dream being told at the same time that I hear the dream. So we've just completed recording the dream interpretation with Kendra, and I'm here putting the beginning of the show on. And um, it's an interesting dream. It's very vivid and very different. And she says at the end that it's actually a a recurring theme that she's had quite often during her life. So it's really interesting to delve into a dream that is both vivid but also has a recurring theme from life because it can help you to understand um, something within yourself that has been recurring that you've not quite got on top of. And it can give you that insight and what you need to know to, uh, to nourish yourself in different ways. I know you'll love the dream. Just a few of the website uh, addresses first before you, we, before we hand you over to Kendra. <laughs> so janetheresa.com, that's Teresa without an H, is the place to go where you can listen to every episode of the dream show that's ever been. Of course, you can also listen to it on all the usual podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just about anywhere where you listen to a podcast, you'll find us. Search for The Dream Show with Jane Teresa Anderson to get it quickly. JaneTheresa.com is also where you go to read hundreds of blogs that I've written about dreams and dreaming, to find out how to consult me privately um, in many different ways. And then there's also the other website, the e-learning platform, the Dream Academy, and the address for that is dream-academy-online.com. And that's where you can go to take various courses that I've put up there. The first course is how to interpret your dreams step by step, and it goes from there. Those courses are video led. It's me on video. You meet me there, but they're recorded videos. So you do this in your own time at your own pace. There's charts to download. There's things to fill in. There's uh, lots of lots of um, aspects of the course to take you through. So you can join people from all over the world. I've lost count of the number of countries where we have students going to the Dream Academy. But if you're interested to learn more, dream-academy-online.com. So anyway, on to the more, much more exciting bit, on to Kendra. Welcome to the Dream Show, Kendra. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm excited too because, you know, we've done, you're our 257th episode. Um, we have guests from all over the world, but I have never before had someone from Tasmania, which of course is where we also live. So we're really excited about this. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Um, you're not in Hobart where we are. Tell us where you're from. Um, so I live in Coles Bay, which is a little coastal town on the east coast of Tasmania. It's very beautiful. And it's very beautiful, isn't it, by the mountains and the sea? Absolutely. Mm. Well, as always, I have no idea what dream any guest is bringing. So if you'd like to tell us your dream, Kendra, we'll go from there. Absolutely. 
So it was quite a long dream, so I'll try and summarise it as best as I can without having to drag it out. So it started in a hospital in a hallway. I was walking down the hallway and I went past what would I, I would say is the cafeteria. Um, it was filled with people from my high school. I couldn't picture any definite faces, but I just knew it was people from my high school and it kind of reminded me of like an American high school cafeteria. Um, so there was myself and a man who I didn't know walking down this hallway to go to the room of a friend from school who was dying. And I didn't recognise this person, but he felt like it would be a husband or someone very close to her, even though I never saw his face and it wasn't her actual husband that she has in real life. Um so she was going downhill very fast. I don't know what was wrong with her. I just know that she was dying. I was in the room with her and she started to turn a white sort of grey colour. And then I suddenly went as if I was still in the room, but I could see what was happening in the courtyard outside the hospital. And one of our high school friends, who I'm still friends with now, who's very close to the person who's sick, was leaving and rushing through the car courtyard on the phone. And another person was asking her where she was going and she said really urgently like that she just couldn't stay here and that she had to leave. She had to go to work and just couldn't stay here for this. And um, I just thought that was very strange. She was leaving and I was quite angry and sad at her because her and our other friend are very close as if they were sisters. And I just couldn't understand what was happening and then it went back to being in the room and she was fully white by now my friend and the hospital doctors and nurses were saying that she'd passed away mm. so her body had moved it was instead of being in a bed it was in I, I would say it's an ice bucket it sounds very strange when I say that but it was like one of those big linen trolleys that you see in the hospital but it was cold and her body was in there now. And they kept moving her around the hallway in the hospital. And her hand and her body started moving. And the doctors explained to me and the other man that was there that sometimes people still move after they've passed away. And we just had to watch her and make sure that she wasn't moving too much. And after he said that, she actually moved and fell off the bed. And the doctors and the nurses rushed over to her to make sure that she wasn't hurt, even though she was actually passed away. Um, so when she fell off the bed, there was a bit of blood initially from the fall and the nurses stood her up and she was standing there on her own as if she wasn't dead, although she actually was, but it was like she was still alive. And there was a little bit of blood on the outside of her stomach and it made it feel like it was menstrual blood but it was on her skin and then they laid her back down um moved her again and the other man that was with her followed so we were both very upset and crying but it was only a very brief moment and then the scene changed and it went to a house that was actually from a tv show i'd been watching a couple of months back it had a spa on the outside of the house and there was lots of windows and there was people inside the house just socialising. And the doctors had moved her into the spa bath to keep her warm and safe. 
And I remember at this stage thinking as well, like, why is no one telling her actual husband that she's passed away and this is happening? Why isn't he here? And then it changed scene again. We went back to the hospital bed and it was as if she was coming back to life. There was um, Carla returning to her skin and she was becoming lively and sitting up in the hospital bed. And that was sort of the last memory that I have with her sitting in this hospital bed. Um, I'm standing at the doorway looking in and she's got some monitors attached to her and that was where the dream sort of finished. Oh, wow, that's amazing, Kendra. <laughs> um, how, how did you, at the end of the dream, did you have the feeling that it just looked like she was coming back to life even though she'd passed or that she actually was coming back to life? I had a feeling that she was actually back to life. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like she'd passed away but hadn't at the same time, even though the doctors had said that she had. Mm -hmm. Something that really appeared to have completely died but actually still had life and came back to life. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, you had the ice bucket at one stage and then you had the spa to warm her up. It was like the ice bucket to cool her down and stop her from going off and then the spa bath to warm her up, which actually worked as sort of picking a, those two symbols that are jumping out at me there. So um, the woman that was dying, you didn't, you knew her in the dream, obviously, but you don't know her from waking life. But there was someone that you said you did know from waking life. Was that the friend that there was a high school friend? Just run that past past me again. So I do actually know the person that passed away in real life. Oh, okay. She, mm -hmm. she was also a high school friend, and I'm still in contact with her now. Okay, um, then. Yeah. The person that I vividly remember, who again we went to high school and primary school with her, and I'm still very close with her now as well. And those two girls are very, very close. Yeah, and so one one of them was the one that ran off the uh, down the courtyard saying, "I can't stay for this," and the other one was the friend that that died in the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, obviously, uh, well, I, I, I guess I should start by saying to you and to everybody listening in that if we have a dream of somebody that we know dying, it is. You know, extremely, extremely, extremely unlikely to have anything to do with any prediction that the person is going to die. Our dreams are always about ourselves. So just putting you and anyone else at ease with this kind of dream, uh, we bring it back to what is happening in our own lives or what is not happening or what seems to have died off and is kind of coming back to life in your dream, in your life, which the dream is kind of uh, um, reflecting there at some level. And it begins in a hospital hallway and you're going somewhere. So did, did you get the feeling at the beginning of the dream that you already knew that you were visiting someone who was dying? Or did you have any sort of feeling for why you were in the hospital at the start of the dream? Uh, no, it, it felt like I knew that I was going to see her because she was Okay, that's good. So the beginning of a dream will often set the scene symbolically for what the dream is going to go on and explore. So the beginning of your dream is this sense that I have a... Um, something is some we're just changing the woman to a something at the moment just to make the interpretation a bit tighter so we have at the beginning of the dream something in my life appears to be dying um and i'm really 
sad about this and I'm, I'm going to find out what it is I'm, I'm, I'm visiting to see what's happening here so we so the dream is essentially uh, exploring something that at least in the day or two before your dream felt to you like you might be losing it it might be passing away was it was this a recent dream Kendra um it's probably been about three weeks now I had the dream on the 25th of May Okay, so as we go through this, we're primarily looking at what might have been going on for you in the day or two before the 25th of May, before that, um, to start with. So you've got that feeling and one of the first things you notice is that you passed a cafeteria full of high school people and yet it reminded you of like an American high school cafeteria. What, when you think of an American high school cafeteria, what, what, what do you think of it? What, what's the energy of that? What does it kind of mean to you? Um, well, I feel like it was there was a lot of tables and a lot of people sort of bustling around and there was food. It's sort of very communal, I guess, and social. Communal and social, yeah. So there's a sense that on, on the way to finding out what feels like it might have been dying off in my dream, I'm noticing a sense of community and social. So it, th this may be about a sense of... An, it's a bit too early to call it this stage of the dream, but it may be a sense of there's something about my my life, my social life and community life that I'm having to visit now because I've got a feeling that I'm losing touch with it, that it's dying off in some way. And you're walking, interestingly enough, you're walking with an unknown male at that stage, aren't you? Yeah, um, and sometimes when we, you have an unknown male in your dream, whether you're male or female or whatever your gender yourself, when you have a male that's unknown in a dream, sometimes but not always, it represents your inner male. So your inner male is like your left brain. <laughs> it's your um, outer world. It's your yang. These are different words for the same kind of thing. But that inner male can represent the part of you that is involved in the outer world and, and, uh, and maybe the world of work as well. So, you know, so you've got this sense of there's, um, I'm accompanying, I'm, I'm, this is the part of myself that's thinking about my outer world and my world of work and maybe community and maybe society. And I'm going, uh, going to explore why something seems to be dying off here. And what, what seems to be dying, of course, is a friend who is female. And I'm going to, going to ask you a little bit more about the actual friend in real life that's the friend in the dream in a minute. But the fact that she's a female in the dream may mean that she may represent your inner female. So you may have your inner male, which is the outer world and maybe the world of work and your inner female which may be the inner your inner world and your you know your um emotions your creative world your spirituality so there may here be a sense of i've sort of got things happening in my working world and yet there's something about my inner inner world my creativity my emotions my spirituality that i'm worried is dying off and i'm going to go and visit her in the dream <laughs> But when you get to her, she is actually somebody that you know in real life. So when you think of her in real life, because it's going to be really interesting to see why your dreamy mind has chosen her other than any other female that it could have put in your dreaming role for the dying woman. When you think of her in, in waking life, what three words would you use to describe her personality or approach to life? Um, she's very lovable. She's the kind of person that just sort of draws everybody in. Um, very confident and very carefree. Carefree, yeah. 
So there may be a sense that um, your dreaming mind picked her because there may be a part of you that is very lovable and draws people in and or is confident and or is carefree that you felt at the time of the dream might have been dying off, ending, because there's so much that you're putting into your um, your work or the world out there that you're maybe feeling that I'm losing touch with that carefree, lovable, confident aspect of myself or, or and or some area of my inner world. And as the dream shows, she's, she's really close to, to dying. She's white, she's grey. And, and then you look outside and you can see the courtyard. You see another one of your friends who's leaving. So each of these friends represents a part of yourself, even parts of yourself that you don't really know very well because they're quite unconscious. So if I ask you the same question, Kendra, about your friend that was running across the courtyard, in waking life, what would your three words be for her? Um, she's funny. She's sort of seems to have a lot on the go all the time um, so she's very busy and she's also very lovable though she's yeah, folks are very lovable. So the thing that jumps out for me there is the part of yourself that is running away and saying, I can't stay for this. I can't stay for exploring what within me is dying. The thing that jumps out for me there is she's got lots on the go. She's busy. So it kind of plays back to that fact that I, Kendra, um, have a lot, go lot of going or I'm putting a lot of busy time into my work or my outer world. And there's so much happening that I just can't really be around for this other concern that I've got, that there's a part of me that is dying off, a part of me that is lovable, confident, carefree, or my inner world. I can't, there's, there's like a split, there's a conflict. Part of you wants to stay and sort that out. And there's another part of yourself that hasn't got time for this. And in the dream, you're angry and sad for her. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, now the person in the dream that feels most like us, you know, the one that's you in the dream <laughs> is the one we is the one we're most conscious of, the one that we know best. So it can be really, really good in a dream like this. It can be absolutely brilliant to recognize other aspects of yourself and to say, oh, look, there is a part of myself that is um, too busy and can't be around for exploring this. And it's good for me to know that I'm actually angry at that part of myself for having that attitude, but I'm also sad for her. So why would you be sad in the dream? Why were you sad for the friend that was running across the courtyard? I was very sad that she was leaving her best friend when she was dying. It just didn't didn't make sense to me. I just, yeah, I couldn't wrap my head around how she couldn't be there for that. Yes, yeah. So that's um, in dream speakers that feeling very, that I've recognized a part of myself um, that is too busy to address this. And I'm feeling really, really sad because actually this addressing what's happening to my um, inner female or my um, lovable, confident, carefree self, this is more important than the busy running away. Okay. Um, are we going well so far? <laughs> Definitely. Um, I don't know if it's relevant as well, but the person that I dreamed about who was dying, her name is Alice, and I was listening to one of your podcast episodes and the person who was on um, talking about their dream, their name was Alice. That was the day that I had, yeah, the night that I had that dream. Oh, right. So you had the dream after listening to the podcast? 
So I'd only yeah. sort of come across your uh, across, sorry, your podcast and sort of started listening to the episodes and that yeah, was that was the one. Can you remember um, looking back when you finished listening to the Alice podcast, what what was what was in your mind, what you got from it or what concerned you about it or what you picked up about Alice in the podcast? Oh, I remember thinking back. I, yeah, I can't even remember what her dream was about that she was describing, but I do remember the next morning when I woke up thinking, oh, I've just had a dream about Alice and I listened to the podcast with the lady. Okay, so um, there, there may be something that you might explore later that the Alice, the impression you got from Alice on the podcast might also be an aspect of yourself that you were worried was dying off. But what I also get from that is because you'd been listening to the podcast, you'd been putting in time for your inner world in, in that sense, um, then having your friend, having Alice dying in the dream may then have also doubled up as my inner world, the things I want to do, listening to podcasts, learning more about my inner world, that kind of thing is, is dying off. Um, also, Alice was a, a real person like you are on the podcast show, so she's a dreamer. So there may also have been that sense of I'm losing touch with the dreamer part of myself and my dreams. Okay. Because I'm so busy having to rush off and do all these other things. <laughs> so... What I, what I really like about the next kind of turning point in your dream, Kendra, is that after you, you watch your friend grow across the courtyard, you're angry and you're sad about it, and then you turn back to the room to sort of really focus on what's happening here. So there is that sense that even though there's a part of you uh, is not paying attention, it, your sadness over that redirects you to, no, I am so sad that that part of myself can't have time to pay attention to what seems to be dying off in my life. So this is where I'm going to be present. I am now in my dream, totally focused on this. Okay, yeah. yeah. And by now, it, it's she's not passing away. She has passed away. So there's a sense of in the dream, oh, so actually how I feel is I'm not even feeling that I'm losing touch with this aspect of my inner world or whatever it is. I'm not even having the feeling that it's passing away. I'm acknowledging that I actually feel that it has passed away. Like I'm really feeling perhaps not in denial anymore, but that something has actually gone from my life. Um, and yet, and yet there was a bit of movement. There was a bit of movement. And then she was in the big ice bucket. Now I know that, you know, in mortuaries, we put people on ice. I totally get that. But it was odd that you said it was odd. It was an ice bucket. So what do you, what do you associate with an ice bucket? Um keeping things cool and like what you would put drinks and things in to enjoy later. Yes. And very strange. But yeah. yeah, no, it's things to enjoy later, putting something on ice. Um, yeah. And knowing that, knowing that we know where the dream is headed and that she does actually revive, there's a sense in this dream, the dream at this point of, oh, actually, well, look, Maybe, maybe I haven't lost touch with this thing. Maybe, maybe it's just been put on ice. It's something I can enjoy later. So, you know, if you're relating to this, Kendra, there may be a sense that you might have said to yourself, look, I know I'm really busy with work and with all this outer world and the things I've got to run around and do, but one day I'm going to return and I'm going to enjoy um, my inner world or my dreams or whatever it is, all these other things. I'm going to enjoy my carefree, but it's later. I'm putting it on ice for the moment. It's something I keep putting on ice. And of course, there are good rational reasons why we can talk ourselves into those things sometimes, but 
on the other hand, our, as our dreams will often show us, life has lived in the present moment and to put things on ice for too long is not always a good thing. We've got to find a way to bring some balance in. But this movement, and even then the logical part of yourself represented by the doctors and nurses is sort of saying, oh, well, you know, bodies will move slightly after death. And so the logical part for yourself is, is kind of um, pushing that away. But then as the dream goes on, she does seem to come more and more to life. So the more that you focus in the dream on this, what this inner female represents to you, maybe your inner world, let's from here on just call it your inner world, but it may also be your carefree spirit. But the more that you focus on this in the dream, the more she comes to life. Yeah. Yeah. So first she fell off the bed and there was blood and yeah. she she stood up as if she was not dead. The nurses stood her up and she just stayed standing there. So she just was sort of expressionless and just standing there and they put a gown on her. I don't think I mentioned that. But they put a gown on her and laid her back down. But, yeah, she was standing as if she had control of her body. So was the, was the gown like the kind of gown, like a hospital gown that you would put on someone that was dead or someone that was still alive? No, someone that was still alive. Okay. So even though she stood up, they stood her up, mm -hmm. she was standing on her own two feet, but she was expressionless. There was a sense of clothing her in a symbol which said that actually maybe she's still alive. Here's a, here's a different gown for her. So there could be a sense there that um, at the time of the dream, you're beginning to think, well, maybe I maybe I can bring back into my life what I've put on ice. Maybe I can bring back into my life what appears to be dead and gone. I'm not quite sure how to handle this. Or maybe there's a sense that you've been put into place, like the nurses put her into place. I've been sort of put into place to do something, <laughs> but I still feel a bit dead about it. I can't, you know, am I going to be able to bring this back to life? And um, I'm expressionless. I'm not quite sure how I feel about this. And then we have the blood, which seems to be menstrual blood, but on the skin. Yeah, so initially it didn't feel like that. When she fell off the bed, everyone sort of rushed to her like she was injured, like she'd hurt herself falling off the bed and that um, broken skin and she was bleeding. But when she was stood up, there was just, it wasn't a lot of blood. It was just a very small amount of blood on her stomach. And it. Um, the nurses sort of said it was menstrual blood. And then that's when the gang yeah. got on her and she got laid back. That is fantastic. So you, you go from a symbol of blood as an injury, oh, my goodness, there's something wrong, there's something harmed, to a symbol of blood as um, menstrual, in other words, perhaps fertile, mm -hmm. perhaps creative. Yeah. Um, and the stomach area um, also, well, what do you think, what do you think of when you think of that area of the body? The stomach. Mm. Um, functional. Yes. Um, yeah, that's sort of the main feeling that I get. It has a purpose. It has Function. A purpose. Functional, yeah. So um, if we're looking at the stomach functionally, it's what perhaps what we digest about life, what we can accept and pass through. Um, it's also a very vulnerable area. It's also the seat of our um, our intuition. We talk about our gut instinct, maybe. I mean, that's not the stomach, that's the guts below it. But um, I was also wondering with um, a lot of people might say uh, from yoga, for example, the stomach is the second chakra. 
which is um, the creative aspect of ourselves. It's also, although you are talking anatomically of the stomach, which is correct, that area of the body is where the uterus and the ovaries are as well. So there's a lot of focus on that. But to me, it's that sense of, yeah, okay, there's a sense here of um, something in my life that I may have been worried about as being, will I hurt myself? Well, if I if I go more into my inner world or my creative world, will it will it injure my life? Will it be a bad thing? Or will it actually be a creative and fertile thing as represented by the menstrual blood? So then we do a complete kind of scene change <laughs> and we go into the house which is featured on a TV show that you've been watching. Yeah. Right. So sometimes when we have that complete, not always, but sometimes when we have that complete um, scene change, it's like we take where we've got so far and go, okay, right, I've got something from that. Now let's put that into a slightly different context and get some more information from it. So can I ask what the TV show is that you were watching? Um, called Casual. What's it called again? Casual. Casual. Okay. And um, what is the uh, the essence of the storyline? Um, it's about a woman who has been divorced and she's now living with her brother and her daughter in his house and just about her her life after divorce and dating and Right. So she's living a life after divorce. She's living a life after something that ended the death of her marriage. So she's she's um, living a life beyond something that had died, which was her her marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So although we're not talking about your marriage, you know, to put into that house is um, then saying, okay, so we're moving from a situation where something appeared to have died off or, or maybe it has died off and we're reviving it in a different sense and putting it in a different situation. I'm also struck by the fact, um, Kendra, that the TV show is called Casual and you described your friend that was dying in the dream in real life as being carefree. Now, they, yeah. are, they are kind of different, but there, there, is a kind of, there is a kind of similarity there, isn't there? Can you can you see a connection between casual and carefree? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it may as well as this death in the dream relating to your inner world, it may also relate to that sense of I, Kendra, like to feel casual and carefree, but I have not been able to really nurture that part of my life because I've been so busy. Um, haven't been able to stay around for this, have been so busy with work in the outside world. And I now want to bring this part of myself as casual, carefree, inner world back into life um, and hence the setting. And now we move from da 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 da, from a big ice bucket to a lovely warm spa bath. Yeah. And you particularly said the spa bath was nice. I wrote down when you said that because you said it was warm and safe. So yeah. we've gone from putting something on ice to enjoy later to wanting to now warm up and keep it safe. Yeah. There's an idea, you know, then that your dream suggests that one of the reasons why you had put that area of your life on ice was because it didn't feel safe. Now you want to bring it back and make it safe. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. We'll come back to that. So, you know, it, 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 
um, my, my side of the story, your, yours will be completely correct because it's your dream, not mine. But my quick take on that is um, I'm, I'm not safe. We've got to, I've got to be working. I've got to do this. I've got to be busy. That will keep us safe, perhaps financially. If I go back and do the casual, carefree, even casual in the work sense may be there, but casual, carefree, apply to my, um, look after my inner world, that doesn't feel safe because I would be neglecting as the girl in the courtyard said, I, I, I don't have time to stay for this. So that could be one of the dynamics there. So the dream is looking about how you can bring this aspect of yourself back to life and warm up in a way that um, contributes to your feelings of safety. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that's good. So um, you're really confused at that point in the dream, if I can read my writing as i was writing it when you were telling the dream you're really confused at that time the dream why no one was telling her husband that she'd passed yeah that's right i just yeah i was really odd that nothing had been mentioned about him but there was this other man there that had that feeling that he was close like a husband would be but it wasn't her husband in yeah. real life. in real life so the, the the guy in the dream how different was he what 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 was the guy in the dreams kind of personality um, I'd never saw his face and I don't remember speaking to him in the dream or really, I, he was always there when I was, but we didn't really talk or cross paths properly. Mm. Um, but he felt, I can probably only describe how he, what I could see of him, how he looked. He had short, dark hair. He sort of had an athletic feel to him. But, yeah, as far as his personality, I don't know because I just don't remember. Yeah. That, that's okay. Um, so he would have represented perhaps because you had that question, why is no one telling her actual husband and I have this other guy with me who's kind of like a husband. There was like two husbands that were referenced in the dream. So to me, this sounds like, you know how we said at the beginning, oh, well, the, the unknown male can be your, your outer world, your you're um you're young so there could be a sense of confusion over well which what is my outer world in order to bring back to life something about my inner world and and yet um or, or casual or carefree and to keep that safe um i'm noticing that i've got like two different tracks here of my outer world there's one represented by a husband in the dream who is oblivious to all this happening and the other represented by this other guy in the dream who does know what's happening but i can't really connect very closely with him haven't really got a feel for him yeah yeah so it's like there's two aspects of your outer world there um and the, the first one that may be like the husband you may be you may be feeling that there's a part of me that really has so busy with the outer world has no idea really what is happening inside of me and yet and yet there's this other part of myself which is also a male an unknown male so it could also be a part of my outer world that is interested and is with me i can't quite connect with him but there is something here that is supporting me here in this so you know to me it's like kendra a transition you know this is how i used to be in the outer world but i'm beginning to see that if i want to bring my in a casual, carefree self back to life, then there is another kind of male figure, another kind of yang that I can bring in that will be more supportive of this approach. Okay, that's mm. um, So I then wrote down after that, oh, so then she comes back to life, which is fantastic. So it's like, yes, you you have achieved this. You've got all the dynamics in place to bring this aspect of yourself back to life. 
And then, oh no, that was the end of my notes. The things I've written down since the things that we've been talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. So that dream was nearly three weeks ago now. So it's very possible that what you were dreaming about and trying to bring back to life, it's possible that you might have put steps into place between the dream three weeks ago and now to bring something back to life. Or this may just be, you know, nothing may have happened and this is adding insight. So would, would you like to uh, say, you know, how this has gone for you and what you relate it to, how it feels, the interpretation? Um, the closest thing and the thing that I first think of is that I have just taken on a new job, which I was meeting with the owner of the business probably around the time of this dream. It was about a week before, but it was definitely starting to um, begin, even though it hadn't officially started yet. Yeah. Um, so, and with this new job, I do have to sort of revive a lot of social connections and, yeah, put a lot of things in place that I haven't had to do for a long time. Mm. And it's, yeah, that's the closest thing that I can relate it to, but a lot of what you've said definitely connects with that yes yeah, yeah. How, and if you could put your finger on what it is that you thought was pass, passing away but that you now would like to bring back into life what would it be that I'm not a hundred percent sure on yet I can definitely feel some sort of connection to that but I can't be sure exactly what part of me that might be the only thing I would put it down to is the fact that I do have to um, well, I guess a part that had already gone away is a lot of my social connections. Um, obviously, being on maternity leave and having a young baby at the moment, there's a few things that I haven't done for a long time that I would have probably done. Mm. Um, and I do need to start doing them again for this job. Yes, yeah. So you, you will need to start doing those things for the job, like the social connections, but they will be directed at the job rather than perhaps at the social connections that you would have preferred to make for your private life? It, it's a bit of both because it, it, I do definitely feel the need to get out and start doing more again now that we're getting a little bit older and um, I've got a bit more time to myself to focus on myself again. As yes. Well. Yeah, catching up with friends that I might not have seen for a long time or going and doing activities or going away and, yeah, spending a little bit more time on myself rather than other people. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So you can see the dilemma that um, part of you doesn't want to keep that on ice for much longer, that uh, getting out and about for yourself <laughs> and giving time to yourself. And yet at the same time, you're being asked to, you're, you're looking at, because you had the, the meeting about the new job, you're looking at bringing some of those energies in, but instead of devoting them to yourself, devoting them to the job, instead of those, the, the time that you were put into social connections being about you, it's being about the job. And hopefully, you know, in, in, a, in a great job, that will be uh, nurturing to you and doing the social connections around the new job will be also uh, nourishing for you personally. But on the surface, it's like, well, oh, I've waited all this time to get my social connections back. <laughs> I'm going to have to go and do them at work rather than in my own time for myself. 
would you say? I can definitely relate to that. Relate to that, yeah. When um, you know that you know that's a symbol about the blood and it being is would this be injurious to me or is it menstrual blood? That that sense there. Um, if if menstrual blood is blood is fertile or creative, are there are there aspects of your life that you would like to? Uh, or does the job allow you to be more creative and fertile or other aspects of your own um, life, your time to yourself that you would like to be more creative or fertile in a sense? Definitely for both of them. The job I do need to, um, there, yeah, there's a lot of creativity involved. Mm -hmm. Personally as well, I, I am quite a creative person. I like to make things, I like to do things with my hands. Yes. Um, definitely haven't had the time to do yeah I would like to do more um yeah and we're also hopefully starting to build a house within the next few months so I've been trying to you know design and create that as well <laughs> just part, part, part of it all on yeah yeah young child new job <laughs> built a house I love it <laughs> so yeah so you 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 want to be able to um uh, tune into your creative aspects for the building of the house as well as the as well as the practical details yeah, yeah. so I, I guess you know one of the one of the aspects of the dream one of the high um, emotions that you had in the dream was being angry and sad for the woman that was running across the courtyard because I've got no time for this yeah. Um, do you find yourself in life or at the time of the dream ever set, turning around to someone and saying, I've got no time for this? Um, probably not saying it directly to people, but I definitely think I take some things on that I probably shouldn't or I don't manage my time well enough to do them properly. Yeah. Um, when you say take things on, you mean things that, are probably not nourishing for you, but they're directed towards outside things. Yeah. Yeah. So she running across the courtyard could represent that part of yourself that is given voice in the dream. Because often things that we don't say or emotions that we don't express um, in waking life can be expressed in our dreams because it's like, hey, I'm going to get this out in my dream. <laughs> so she in the, she running across the courtyard would be that part of yourself that might be going, I'm, I'm just taking on too much or I don't feel that I'm managing them well. And this is taking me away from being able to focus on what bringing back to life, reviving what I feel is being dying with, you know, within me or spending time to myself. So it can be really good to recognize, to, to to hear that side of yourself given voice in the dream and to recognize it and then to realize that you're sad about that because the amount of sadness and anger that came up in the dream was probably, Kendra, the amount of anger and sadness that you've been trying to hold back because I have, in the same sense, I haven't got time to be angry and sad about this. I have to get on. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to look after my child, which all mothers know about. I haven't got time for this. Yet in the dream, it's, yeah, I'm actually, although I haven't expressed it in life, I'm actually really angry and really sad um, about where all this taking on extra stuff has, um, has got me to. Yeah. And, and uh, in contrast to that, when the doctors and nurses first stood, um, the now coming back to life, well, she, when she was still dead, they stood her up on her feet and you said she was expressionless. Yeah. So and a, a lot of the dream she was, it, it wasn't until right at the very end where she, it sort of felt like she was actually there the whole 
start of the dream and probably the middle as well. It was just very blank and a lot of nothingness. Ah, so that may, um, as, as well as sort of expressionless, um, making it look like she was dead or dying, um, there may be a connection there with the anger and sadness that you felt in the middle of the dream. So, you know, instead of, um, I'm, I'm sure, absolutely certain that you're not expressionless in life, you don't sound expressionless to me in the slightest, but we can, ju we can judge ourselves for holding back our emotions, right? I'm not going to show that on my face. I'm not going to show that sadness. I'm not going to show that anger. I'm going to stay really calm here or whatever it is. I'm not going to show that... I'm disappointed that I'd actually like to spend more time in my own world, whatever it is, we hold back those emotions. And so there may be that sense in the dream that the dying woman has shown us expressionless until the end, because it's the part of myself that is holding back on emotions that is dying here. And at the end, as she comes back to life, she comes back to full expression. So there can be that sense too, that there's a part of my life that I would really like to fully express and occupy and be that I have that has been dying off. Um, and there can also be that sense of sometimes uh, because of practical circumstances, um, you may uh, hold back emotions for whatever reason. And these can be anger, they can be sadness, but they can also maybe uh, carefree and joy and casualness. They can be anything, but that you're holding them back has, um, has sort of been the death of you because that's in the dream that expressionless and death go hand in hand. But when she comes back to life, she becomes full of expression. And, you know, I, I, dreams can be, have the, the same parallel meanings at many different depths. And it may be that in bringing this aspect of yourself back to life, um, that you actually want to express yourself more, not just in actually telling people I actually feel angry about that or I feel sad about that, not just that, but actually express as in maybe, I don't know, dance, speak, write, some kind of expression that you've been holding back on that you want to bring back into life. Mm. How would you if, you, if you, if you could wave a magic wand and bring some kind of expression back into life, what, what is it that you would love to fully express? Um, I'd, I'd love to bring my creative side back a bit more and, yeah, just do what I love. And, and I've always struggled expressing, sorry, expressing emotions, um, whether it be, you know, happiness, anger, sadness. I've always struggled with that. So that's definitely something that I would like to get better at. I don't know yes. Oh, look, they're, they're, they're really solid um, outcomes from the dream to put into place, aren't they? Um, it, it, with other dreams, you can maybe explore why it is that you struggle to express some emotions and get to know those parts of yourself a bit more. And, you know, part of that may be like the woman running across the courtyard, got other things to do, can't stay around for this. So maybe you may, have, I don't know, you may have been brought up to believe that don't have um, emotions about things, just get on with life, just, you know, shouldn't be spending time with emotions just get on so have a look at um maybe maybe through other dreams why you um have struggled with expressing your emotions and then of course it's about making it right to express your emotions and what jumps out to me in that is that when you got the woman out of the ice bucket and into the warm spa you said there was a feeling that it was warm and safe in there so bringing back to life my creative expression in a safe way 
finding a situation in life or making it so that I actually feel safe to express myself. Um, and you say, you know, you'd love to bring back your creative side and do what you love. And you already, whether or not you tell us what you love, you already know what you love. What we love, we know, we know we're very sure about. And sometimes I remember well as a mother, when I was a mother of little children too, busy, that uh, it's very hard to find time for a great grand plan of being creative and doing what you love. But you can always take little steps. So, you know, if you love baking, and you've got a in your head you I'm just using this as an analogy and in your head you've got a picture of baking the most amazing 10 layer cake with the most uh, unusual icing that you've ever seen on that tastes actually exquisite but I haven't got time to do that you start by making a little cupcake you know so it's just little steps of anything that you can do that just kind of dip into your creative side just actually, you know, making yourself do them, even if it takes one minute, even if it's just one minute in your day, you can't cook a cupcake in one minute in your day, but you could um, jot down a recipe for it, or you could close your eyes and imagine yourself making a cupcake, or whatever it is, just spend a little bit of time each day, even if it's just a minute, either doing or imagining yourself doing what you love creatively. And over time, that will build up and you will gradually notice that you do actually have little opportunities in life to do that. And some of those opportunities may be because you don't, you start to stop taking on so much or you start to find different ways of managing life or you start to express yourself in different ways and say, actually, no, I'm going to, I'm not going to express my anger in terms of tearing the house down, but I am going to gently mention that actually I'm quite angry that I've taken on this extra job. And so I think I'm going to find a way to, I'm not talking about the, the new job, I'm talking about, you said you take on extra things and that you, you know, that you find ways to um, untake them, <laughs> untake them on because at the end of the day, um, we need to nourish and nurture ourselves or we're hopeless for anybody else, aren't we? Is there anything else that you would like to ask about the dream, Kendra, or say about it? Um, not specifically about this dream, but it's definitely a recurring theme for the dreams that I have is to do with either death and not dying um, or death and people from my past, I guess. I've definitely had a lot of vivid dreams. Yeah, I, I, that's, so I, I got the first one. A lot of them have been dreams about death and um, yet not dying, but I didn't quite catch you dropped out slightly on the second version of the theme. Can you say that again? Um, so again, around the death and people from my past. People from your past, okay. So as a, as a rule of thumb, um, our dreams process the last one to two days of our conscious and unconscious experiences and then resonate with anything from the past that resonates with that. So bringing in people from the past is sometimes because it's like, oh, yeah, that that person reminds me of the feeling that I was going through yesterday or what happened back then with that person is similar to what I'm experiencing now. So always have a look at those people that come up from the past from that perspective. Are they highlighting times from your past which are similar to now or do that thing that I did with you. What What are the three words that you would use to describe this person's personality? Because that person from the past is representing an aspect, a part of yourself that's got those aspects and that can help you to see that. So in general, that sense of, um, it, it sounds to me from what you say that this dream is really a, a vivid version of 
a recurring theme throughout your life that uh, you may have often this this may be now your big shining moment Kendra <laughs> to finally bring back to life what you put on ice that in the past you may have had this feeling of I've put my expression on on ice I've put my emotions on ice I've put my creative self on ice whatever it is um and yet I know I can warm up, I can kind of bring it back to life, but yet I don't because I have the dream theme again. So this is an opportunity to say, no, I'm gonna bring it back. I'm really going to bring something back into my life that I've let go and I'm gonna keep it here this time. Yeah. Um, another possible reading on that is that, um, and I don't think this is this is it, but I would, you know, another possible reading is uh, not being able to let things go. So sometimes in life, we do need to let things die off. We need to let, old attitudes go we need to let old relationships go whatever it is there are millions of examples and sometimes we almost let things go but no i can't quite let that go i almost no I, i've got to cling on to that i've got to i've got to try to bring it back again but to me if you had that as a recurring dream theme it wouldn't really fit with the dream that you've just brought today so i'd say it's the first option hmm. so um I usually finish a session by giving a dream alchemy practice to do something to turn things around. And, and I've, I've done that in the sense of um, asking you to suggesting that you spend one minute a day. Now, when you say to someone one minute a day, uh, usually it turns into at least one and a half minutes or a little bit longer. But by giving yourself a really low bar goal of one minute, you'll do it one minute a day to do something creative that you love. And if you if it, one minute seems too short a time to do that, to use that one minute to close your eyes and visualize yourself doing something creative that you love. Yeah. Because to me, that's, you know, one of the things of, of the dream there. Um, otherwise, your dream has got such a positive ending that it already resolved it, it brought it brought her or the aspect of yourself back to life, and you felt good about it. So it's that sense of bringing, bringing that back, the joy. And I guess the last thing I'd leave you with is that sense that sometimes, as in your dream, sometimes it can seem that something is completely gone, that it's beyond bringing back. And yet, and yet, and yet, in this dream, you brought it back. So if you ever catch yourself thinking, it's too late for this, I'm too old for this, it, it, I, I can't, you know, what's the point? It, it's gone. Think again. Okay. Look, thank you for um, being not only a, a wonderful guest on the Dream Show, but being so close to home from me. So for people listening overseas, you're what, about two or three hour drive from me? Two hour drive from me, probably. <laughs> yeah, not far at all. <laughs> so um, thank you for being a wonderful guest on the Dream Show and have a beautiful day, Kendra. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. So I hope you got lots of tips for how to approach your own dreams from listening to Kendra and I talking about her dream. And I hope that as many of you tell me that you also got more than more than the interpretation that just in, in any conversation where we are talking about um, our deeper selves, our inner selves, there are always things to learn, to be inspired by, to apply to our own lives. Um, and I hope that you got plenty of that. It is wonderful um, to have guests on the Dream Show. It is a wonderful thing to do, to volunteer, to put up your hand, to share a dream for everybody to listen to and to, to gain so much from. And if you'd like to be a guest on the Dream Show, simply go to janetheresa.com, go to the menu, 
And under podcasts, the dream show, there's a drop down box and there's a, you'll see guest on the dream show. And it's very easy. So pop down your name. Just don't tell me anything about your dream because remember, I don't want to know anything about the dream before we start recording. And that form comes straight to me and we will contact you shortly after that. So um, thank you for listening to yet another episode of The Dream Show. Our next episode, episode 258, is due out on the 14th of July, 2022, if you're listening to this in real time. Have a wonderful month. I'm Jane Teresa Anderson. Bye.